Boston-based psychologist Laurie Kramer's built a career out of helping children to get along. Her work focuses on the experiences of kids aged three to five, an age where many become siblings for the first time and are also making friends at preschool and kindergarten. Her work began in the 90s when, as a fresh graduate, she became interested in what children's interactions were actually like when no adult was around. Kramer, a professor of applied psychology at Northeastern University, was one of the first to adopt the technique of videotaping preschoolers to observe their relationship-forming skills and how they navigated arguments. Uh, she's uh, here with us now with some insights into the workings of little minds when no one's there to watch. Welcome, Laurie. Thanks very much for being with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So let's go back to those early days. What piqued your interest in this field and in observing this aspect of children's relationships? Yes, I was fascinated with the idea that even young children can be agents of support for one another. Uh, children as young as three and four years old, sometimes they are just so brilliant and they can do things that can be very supportive, also very conflictual with both their siblings and their friends. And I wanted to learn more about that. I was particularly interested in how kids may help one another as they're dealing with a stressful event like becoming a sibling themselves. Do we make assumptions? We often see them when something's going wrong. We observe when we need to say, stop that or leave your sister alone. Um, and, and have you busted some myths in doing this work? <laughs> Absolutely. First of all, we've learned that children actually behave pretty positively with one another for the most part. Um, but there can be quite a lot of conflict. In fact, um, we counted the number of times that siblings got into conflict with one another and friends as well, and saw that those things can happen as much as about nine times an hour. So that's quite a lot uh, for children and for parents to be able to deal with as well. What age are we talking about there? Oh, anywhere between three and about eight years of age, we can see quite a lot of frequent conflicts. Do they move on quite quickly? Why, why don't you explain the dynamic? Perhaps give us an example of, of how a dynamic might unfold. Yeah, we were very interested in what I call more extended conflicts. So there's a lot of times siblings will say things to each other like, you're looking at me. <laughs> and that could spark, almost anything can spark a conflict between young children. But we were looking at cases where there was some mutual opposition. So one child may want something, a particular crayon. The other one says, no, you can't have it. I want to keep it. I need it. And then the first child, again, demands, places a demand. And so you have this kind of a situation where they are both opposed to one another. Those are more complex types of conflicts, but yet even those occur quite often. Um, those things happen. Many times parents do respond. Many times parents just leave kids to be able to manage these conflicts on their own. Sometimes children are successful, sometimes not. We do see that with a lot of siblings, sometimes conflicts never get settled. They just kind of get dropped and kids go off and do something else. Um, that can be um, a problem in the sense that um, it's important for children to be able to learn some skills and being able to manage conflicts themselves over time. And, and we really look for adults to help them learn those skills to be able to do that. That is interesting. So it's just parked until the next time they're in a position to resume it. And that won't yeah. necessarily be over a specific matter. Is that just an ongoing way of relating? 
Yes, you're absolutely correct. And in fact, a lot of the emotion that goes with that conflict can sort of zoom right up to that high intensity level the next time that there is a conflict. So that's something important to think about um, as well. And one of the reasons why it's important to help children develop those kinds of skills to be able to manage these very difficult uh, interpersonal encounters, things that adults have a lot of challenges managing themselves. Can you give examples of how parents can assist with that necessarily or, or, or cases where you've seen this a persistent behaviour resolve? <laughs> Yes, uh, I do feel that parents can be quite helpful in helping each of the children explain, give a reason, or talk about their own needs or positions at that moment. When parents can be sort of a coach or a guide for their children and help each child put into words what they're feeling, put into words what they need, what their goals are. Uh, at that moment, it can really pay off big time. We can see children um, really starting to understand one another's perspectives and their needs. And that's one of the key tools in conflict management to help each individual understand that their needs are important, but their sibling, their friend, they also have very important needs as well. And we need to take both sets of individuals' needs into consideration as we try to work together to figure out a solution. Tend to think of conflicts as problems. Um, and I think that's very helpful for parents to think in that way as well, because problems have solutions. And we can guide children through a process where they're actually learning to come up with a solution to those problems themselves. It's interesting that you observe it wasn't that parents just didn't necessarily not notice or not even want to intervene. They, they lacked confidence in how to intervene. And, and is this they, a classic case where you must validate each party's feelings, let them get it off their yes. chest, and then, Absolutely. The, 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 I'm sorry, Laurie, the process of working through to resolution. Again, there's a big difference between a three-year-old and an eight-year-old with this, yeah? Absolutely. When children are about seven, eight, nine years of age, um, there's more of a chance that they develop some skills in being able to manage conflicts on their own. Uh, with three-year-olds, four-year-olds, probably not. With the older children, it could be very helpful for parents to just go in and remind children that this is a moment where they can use those skills to try to resolve this conflict. And in fact, they think it's important that they do that. Um, they may need to be um, less involved, in other words. But yeah, it may be very important for children to hear from their parents that they do want them to resolve this conflict. Otherwise, children may just assume that what they're doing is fine because parents haven't come in to intervene or tell them to do something different. It's very interesting what you observe with respect to the difference between sibling conflict and friendship uh, conflict. Mm -hmm. And um, just explain a little bit more about how the friendships actually could assist or otherwise with the arrival of a sibling, say. Mm, yeah, um, we have observed that between friends, um, children actually tend to do a better job of hanging in there and trying to resolve conflicts together. It's almost as if they realize that their relationship with their friend 
is pretty vulnerable to disruption. In other words, if you have a big fight with your friend um, and people feel badly about that conflict, that child may no longer want to be your friend. And so it's important to engage in behaviors that are going to keep that friendship going. It's a little bit different with a sibling because with a sibling, you can do a whole lot of things uh, and say some very negative things to a brother or sister. Yet the next morning, you're both going to be there exactly. at the breakfast the table together, right? <laughs> There's not so, that much that you can do to really destroy that relationship. So, so even so, young children had an awareness that the way they treated others would affect whether that relationship would continue. That's quite sophisticated, isn't it? I think so. And I think it's really important so that children who are interacting with their friends, they are probably developing more sophisticated skills for being able to have fun together and manage conflict. And we've seen through the research that kids who have those experiences with their friends, even before their sibling is born, tend to have more positive relationships with their sibling down all through all through life, pretty much. We observe this through many different developmental eras, eras <laughs> um, ending with uh, firstborn children leaving the family to go to college or, or work and the younger children entering high school. You actually so found that the power of that early friendship was uh, as impactful um, on the quality of relationship um, as they had with their mothers and fathers. Can you just explain the power of that friendship? It is very powerful. So we observed that children who were able to have um, more playful conversations with their friends where things were pretty reciprocated, where kids were able to get involved in more sophisticated forms of play like pretending and fantasy play. Kids who are able to manage the emotional climate of the friendship so that things didn't get too negative emotionally, and kids who are able to manage conflicts with their friends were the children who tended to have more positive relationships with their siblings when those new babies were six months of age, 14 months of age, preschoolers, and then, as I said, um, when they were entering high school. So that's a very powerful effect. And we've used that to try to understand what are some of the essential ingredients of good sibling relationships and what can we do to help kids develop those skills. You're following them even into their late 30s, aren't you? <laughs> Actually, I am. I just got permission uh, yesterday to proceed with our study um, these firstborn children and their secondborn siblings are close to 40, and some of them have children, some of them may not, and we're going to be seeing if we can visit with them and, and learn more about their relationships over time and, and look for some intergenerational patterns as well. Including how they parent, you think? Yeah, exactly. And how did their children get along with one another? Isn't that a fascinating question? Is there an inverse to what we've been discussing, which is parental inter parental intervention being needed to help develop these skills, particularly with the siblings, right? Where the kids just yes. innately know they'll get away, they'll get away with it because they're all, you know, they're all together, right? Is there a time where, have you found in your observations, was there a time where parents over-intruded and... Uh, 
and sometimes if you are witnessing children trying to develop these skills or trying to manage these relationships, you're best to stand back? Mm, yeah, um, a lot of the parenting manuals tell parents not to intervene when their children are in conflict for fear that it will just reward kids for fighting. That does not seem to be substantiated by much of the research out there, including my own. Um, instead, what we see is that parents who are able to take some time and work with their children to try to help them navigate these very difficult relationships, especially conflict, um, tend to have children who are better able to um, manage these conflicts themselves and to develop a more positive relationship with their siblings. Now, I realize that when parents intervene and help kids manage these conflicts, it takes a lot of time and effort from parents. And I, I get that. I think that's really a hard ask. And we're not expecting parents to do that every time children fight. But we do see that when parents are able to spend the time and help children develop these competencies, the job gets much easier over time. Over time. Yeah. I just yes. wanted to touch before you leave yeah. us on this program mm -hmm. you've got, this online family for families yeah. called More Fun with Sisters and Brothers program. It's interesting, that dynamic... And sometimes between one child and another, uh, or one child and everyone else, it can be very potent uh, if it is if it is unhealthy. Uh, it can it can carry on in, into uh, adulthood. In fact, um, you know, who can't tell stories of of those particularly difficult relationships within their families? What is it that you endeavour to do through this program to try and intervene? early and what's the role of fun fun in this <laughs> yes um you know sibling conflicts are gonna happen but yet we see that when there are more instances of positive engagement and more fun simply put um we see a lot of good outcomes for children and so what we have done is taken the results of all these studies that i've been talking about and turning it around and teaching children and teaching parents um these social and emotional competencies that predict better sibling relationships one of the ways that we are doing that is through this online program called more fun with sisters and brothers and it's now available uh, for parents who have children between the ages of four and eight years of age. And it's an online program, four sessions. It is a research study, so we do ask parents to help us understand their families a bit by completing some questionnaires. But the results are very positive, and it shows that for families who are excited about helping their children develop these positive skills so that they are having more fun together, they're seeing their children as having a much more positive sibling relationship as well. Thank you, Laurie Kramer, Professor of Applied Psychology at Northeastern University. Since the 90s has been videotaping preschoolers as it was back then, observing their relationship forming skills and, and how they navigated arguments.